Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs, Jr. Hello, and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, the podcast that helps you fix your Catholic marriage while also giving you winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. But moreover, well, my main mission is to keep you out of divorce courts and remarriage unchained, the art of one flesh, divorce combat coaching is the flavor of the day, while also helping men understand dating and courting, not marriage. Uh, <laughs> y'all messed up. I'm so, so, that's good. That's real good. That's going to be a good blooper. While understanding marriage and courting, not dating in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage. In this 168th episode, the four major causes of a bad marriage and how you can reverse the madness. Plus, live phone calls from you answering your marriage and crisis questions. Plus, please remember to give back and help other marriages by sharing this podcast. And if you're getting value, give it a big thumbs up. Don't wait. Get in that Q 313 Radical for some resolution to your marriage confusion. We have our quote of the day, how we always start off every show to get us rocking. We are on the first day of the uh, broadcast for this week. And so let's do this. Quote, a man of courage embraces suffering, serves thy beloved, sacrifices self while being the rock for masculinity and the full truth of Christianity. End quote. Catholic Alpha. Bam. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern for some resolution to your marriage confusion. are back on this great Tuesday morning in sunny Indianapolis, Indiana. <laughs> so let's get started. Now, today's subject is again, what are the four major causes of a bad marriage and what are some things you can do to get out of it? So many believe they can never get, they will never get into a bad marriage when they first married. And so many people think when I first, they get first get married, well, our marriage is never going to go bad. Um, if it does, it's some kind of bad luck and all that kind of stuff. And I really am here to tell you, bad marriages are not bad luck. Bad marriages are a ceasing of two people to grow up and um, allow pride out of their in their egos out of their marriage and to allow the marriage to from the grace through God to, to grow as it's supposed to be. But as we see today, the way we're all raised ever since the 60s, maybe the late 50s, is we're, we're raised in selfishness. Whatever I want to do, whatever I want, doesn't matter what you want, and I only do what you want if it benefits what I want. 
that is not service. And please, we cannot con ourselves into thinking that that way of life is going to help in a marriage. Many people shouldn't even get married. And the reason why is, well, first of all, everyone has a calling to two things, marriage, which is a vocation, number one, and vocation number two uh, is um, the, the, uh, the religious life. So marriage, of course, so basically, basically everybody on the planet for the most part is called to, for marriage, um, and then everybody else is called to be a priest, to be a nun, to be a deacon, to be a uh, a friar, to be a brother, um, and, and that's what we're called to do. Why? Because you cannot get to heaven with selfishness, and you must be chiseled as a man and a woman so that you are able to stand before God in heaven, okay? So how does that work in, in marriage? So let's first talk about how that works in the religious life. Most people don't realize nuns are married to Jesus Christ. Priests are married to the church, which is the bride of Christ. Okay. And so that's how they give their life away. Many people don't really realize that, that this is how we give our life away. You have to give your life away for something greater than yourself. If you want your life to prosper, if you want to be fulfilled in your life, if you want to make it to purgatory, if you want to make it to heaven, the beatific vision. This is why marriage is a struggle. Your marriage is not going to be good, great, and awesome all the time. Why? Because you two are challenged to get each other to heaven, but you can't get to heaven like you are. People think, well, God success me who I am. God accepts me for who I am. I could do whatever I want, when I want, how I want, and God's going to have mercy and love me anyway. That is the biggest lie Satan. How can you grow in any way? Think about just your normal life, and I'm thinking about it too. How can we grow as men and women if we just remain ourselves? If, if okay, so that logic goes to as a, as a baby. I just I'm born from my mother, and I just remain a baby for my whole life. I don't grow. I don't grow. I don't grow mentally, psychologically, emotionally, intellectually. I just stay that mindset for the rest of my life. That means you're retarded. So <laughs> does that make sense? Of course it doesn't. That's why God has created the way we are. We we grow as a baby. We grow into a uh, 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 in a toddler. Then we grow as a you know into a adulthood and all of that. And but I, it kills me how every Sunday I, I'm walking into the church and I see people for hours and hours running around the church, running around the neighborhood. Ain't been to church, ain't done nothing what they sold. People kill me how their soul doesn't mean nothing to them, but their their body does. The body's important, but the body is not going to get you to heaven. People think he gets you to heaven eternally. This is why you constantly hear Christ talk about the eternity, eternity. Think about this. This is eternity. Think about what I'm getting ready to say. All you take all the sand and you want to, there's the oceans, the oceans of the earth. You take, take the oceans and you fill it up with sand. You personally, you take that, you sit there. And you fill the ocean up with sand until the ocean is completely filled with, with sand, with sand pebbles, petals. And then 
you empty it and you start all over again. That's still not eternity. That's still not eternity, gentlemen. Think about that. This is why, and then people spend their whole life concentrating on their body. Well, if I can get my body right, then I can, I can, I can live, I can live longer. The mo okay, first of all, in the old testament, and somebody can can correct me, but I think it's the old testament. The max that it, after uh, Moses and um, Abraham and all the ladies and all the guys in the Old Testament, they was living like hundreds and hundreds of years, hundreds of years, like four, five, six, seven, eight, nine hundred years and stuff. But then I forgot who died or what happened. But then God said that we will only be allowed to live the max of one hundred and twenty years. I could be wrong on the specific years, but I think it's about that. But somebody can uh, comment and, you know, and, and send them a chat and let me know. But so first of all, let's, let's think about what I just said. Eternity or 120 years, even if you did live to that. OK, that's why you hear God constantly talk about you must get your soul in order and you must understand what that means. And if you don't. You are shortchanging yourself, your wife, and your children. Okay? That's eternity. That's a concept of eternity, and that's a concept of our short-sightedness. Okay? This is why God is a must. This is why we don't come from monkeys, y'all. We don't come from gorillas. It's, it doesn't even make logical sense that we come from gorillas and monkeys. It doesn't even make sense. Because we're intellectually, we're completely different from that. And there is God and God, that's how he did it. God, we came from Adam and Eve, our first parents. And then we start to grow from there once they screwed stuff up. Okay. So that's marriage. And that's why you as the man are charged to get your wife to heaven. And what you have to do is try your best, try your best not to leave your wife behind. You guys got to grow together. And that's how you, your wife chisels you in these hundred years. You chisel your wife in these hundred years and you both grow together towards God. That's how you do it. And that's how priests are, priests and nuns. Nuns are married to Jesus to give their life away to God. Priests are married to the church, their flock, their shepherds. And so the flock is the church, is Christ's bride. They mimic Christ. And that's how we do it. There's no such thing. So this is why you hear people say that they're the single life is a vocation. Somebody please explain me that farce. That is a that cannot be so far from the truth. I could be wrong. I don't know everything about the church and I don't claim to. But I will tell you that in, in, in logically and in being formed in the faith that logically makes no sense that a single person can get to heaven without a vocation. Why? Because you're yourself. You don't change. You don't you don't give your life away for nothing. You're not married, so you don't give your life away for your spouse. And you don't have any kids, so you can't give your life away from that. Okay? Your family is what a woman and a man give their life away for. That's why the single life ain't going to work. So you're not a religious, so you're not giving your life away for your congregation. You're not a nun, so you're not giving your wife away for Christ. So how what's going what's going to mold you into this holy person, this saint 
that is required to be in front of the beatific vision in front of God. Please tell me that. If anybody can explain that, please explain that to me. Come on, call me right now. Tell me how a single person can get to heaven. Just tell me. You can't because suffering is the only way to heaven. It's the only way, suffering and sacrifice. Now, you can say, Jerry, how do you know that? Okay, I got a crucifix on the wall in my office right now. That's all I got to do is look at that. People are also under the misconception that they don't have to suffer, that they don't have to sacrifice for nothing. They're under that conception. That is so far from the truth. What makes you think you're better than Jesus Christ? What makes us think that? What makes us think that we are better than our Lord? Or God, for that matter of fact, that came down to be incarnate, to be Christ. Oh, well, Christ did all that suffering for us already. No, no, no. In order to understand Christ, you must understand the suffering of Christ. And so Christ is showing us what to do. He's showing us creatures what to do to get to heaven. And that's the difference in the philosophy and the theology of the Catholic faith. We understand it's about suffering and sacrifice. That's what Christ did. Christ did, is not. Did, tell me one time in the scriptures where Jesus Christ was hooping and hollering, running around church for two hours. Tell me that. Show me that. Or was he reverent? Or did he take his apostles to the side and sit and talk to them? And show them the way and teach them the way. It was all about suffering and sacrifice. It was. Because that is the way God created the universe. In order to be a great, a saint, a holiness, a holy person, a man of good character, a man of courage, authentic masculinity, you must learn and understand that this life is not pleasure. It's about suffering and sacrifice. So that is the deal, gentlemen. That is the deal. And once you learn and understand that, you could you go through life better because you understand what it's about. When a child dies, when you have a marriage problems, when you lose your job, your car gets repossessed, you know, you go bankrupt. You understand when you're formed correctly in the face, you understand that this is a test for me. This is what God is doing to draw me closer to him. And that is what marriage and religious life and vocation is about. It's always, always, always this earth, this universe is all about a test. Are we worthy to stand before our Lord Jesus Christ in the beatific vision in front of God? Are we worthy of that or are we going to stay our selfish, selfish self? It's real simple. It's real simple once you understand it. Okay. Next. Okay. So that's marriage. We are called to get each other to heaven through chiseling off the imperfections. Please try to understand that. That when you, when you do that, your marriage becomes great. Your marriage becomes awesome. Truly awesome. And I know people throw that, that word around a lot these days. But what I'm talking about is truly true. It, your marriage becomes awesome when you learn to serve and give your life away for some other than yourself, because as a man, you become fulfilled. That's why you, as a man, men are so miserable. Men are miserable because they're only thinking about themselves. I can't tell you guys, she did this. She did that. My kids did this. My boss did that. God did this. 
dude, do you do we even understand how that sounds coming out of our mouth? It sounds like we only think about ourselves. But hey, we don't think we are, but we are selfish. This is why it's so hard to get humility into our life because humility is how Christ survived. He taught us how to be humble. Humility defeats evil all the time, all the time. That's why you don't argue with your wife. You don't blame her for nothing. You don't criticize her. You don't, you know, say she did this and she did that before you do what? Look at your own self. Then you fix you. Then your wife will follow. If you don't fix you, your wife and kids ain't going to follow because they see a big dumb oaf, just like the rest of society. People don't follow stupid people. They don't, not for long. And if, as a husband, we're not growing and growing closer to God and growing intellectually and getting formed in the faith. Who, why should our wife follow us? Why should our children follow our wife? Why should our children follow our, uh, their, their father? Why should they? Boom. This is that's it, man. That's it. Okay. So, how does a good marriage turn from good to bad? Okay. So, the spouse, well, one of the things is the spouse begin to get lazy and take each other for granted. This is it. The spouses become lazy and take each other for granted. So, when you first was courting and deciding where you was dating first, then you started courting. Courting is dating is. I'm just trying to be with sex. I'm trying to enjoy myself. I'm trying to have a good time. I'm not making no commitments. That's dating. Courting, everybody on the earth courts. Everybody on the earth dates. Courting is a different level. Courting is what? We have decided that we're going to be exclusive and we're going to see if we are, are meant to be together. We're going to decide. We're, we're going to get, we're going to try to decide if we want to get married to each other and spend the rest of our life. People don't really understand that that system, but that's really what everybody does. Okay, and so you decide you go. Usually, the the marriages of the uh, the ways about a year away. So, what do women and men do during that time? They're for that first that that time they're planning the wedding, but they're also looking to see if hey, if I do, I really want to do this. Is this really the man for me? Is this really the woman for me? And a lot of marriages don't make a lot of uh, relationships don't make it past the courting. Because why it don't because they start to see that that's not the one for me. And that's good. That's good. That's good because you let the person know now and you move on. Nothing wrong with that. That's why you don't sleep with the person. You don't sleep with the person because when you sleep with somebody, things get confusing, don't they? All this emotion gets in the way and all that stuff. Or what? We live together, right? We live together. And then you live with you think you're gonna marry the person, you let you live with them for six months or a year or two or three years, and you realize, oh my god, I made a mistake. So how do you get out of that? How do you get out of that relationship now? I tell you what guys do, they start arguments. <laughs> oh, we argue too much. I'm out of here. This is why, ladies, you don't live with a guy. Because when he wants out, he's just gonna start arguing and fighting with you. He's gonna give him an excuse to get away from you because. You know, and then you spent two or three years, four or five years with this dude. And what did you get out of it? I don't know. I don't know. Only you can answer that one. Okay. So, um, taking each other. So we get, once we get into our marriage, we don't, we don't do things in our marriage that we did. When we was courting and dating. When we were courting and dating. Wow. We always listened. You know, we always, uh, 
We always gave them what they want. We always tried to please them. We didn't want to show our real selves about getting angry and mad. So we get we get we get married though, and what happens? The stress of kids, money, and job. And then people get just get too comfortable and start, they don't start care, they don't care no more about how they talk to their spouse. And then guess what? Spouse gets mad, and before you know it, we're arguing and fighting all the time. And they can't remember what started it. What why do we how do we get in this pattern? Okay. Um, next, the the um the married couple for the reason the good marriage turns to a bad marriage is they allow the emotional closeness to evaporate from their marriage. I can't tell you how many times men. I can't tell you how many times men, um, uh, I can't tell you how many times men, um, they allow and wait too long and allow the emotional connection to leave their marriage. And then they go, they, they drastically fight to try to get it back. And the wife is telling them for years, Hey man, no, she's nagging him. She's, she's not happy. She's, she's displeased. They're arguing and fighting. That's a woman's way to let you know, man, that things ain't quite right. Women know a lot faster about this stuff than men do. Why? Because men, we like to focus on one single thing. So men go with the problems. We, they, we try to fix all the problems in our life. And then a lot of times, if our marriage prob, if our marriage doesn't get to that level of problems, then we just keep putting it off. And if we know that as men, then we'll start going, okay, man, I can't do that no more. You got to understand the top, the priority is God first, your wife in marriage, your children, and then yourself last. And everything else, every other problem in your life, your money problems, your uh, your, uh, your financial issues, your job problems, problems with your parents, problems with your kids, all that stuff does not go above God and your wife in marriage. That's when you start to get in trouble. The reason you got married is what? One of the main reasons you get, got married was what? To take you and your, to have a person that you love with all your heart, that loved you with all your heart, that have your best interest at heart, that loves you, you love them, you going through this journey together. And so when the problems come, we don't let that split them apart. We let this bring up that problems make us come closer. If you that's how you know you're in a bad marriage, because every time some little bit goes bad or every time something goes wrong, one of the two partners, one of the two spouses or both of them start blaming each other for the problems. Instead of what? Instead of uh, addressing each other with we're a team, we are we're supposed to cooperate. We're supposed to communicate and, and we don't say the wrong thing to make our spouse know that something's wrong. Uh, another th- uh, that's their fault. Another thing we got to do is with our spouses is we must at all costs stop looking at the negative things about our spouse. We start looking at the good things about your spouse and, and amplify that. Stop looking at your spouse and go, oh, she got a little fat. Oh, her hair looks all messed up. Oh, this chicken is dry. Oh, uh, what? The food don't taste good. Oh, man, she she screwed up the car. Oh, man, she's not a good mother. Oh, man. You know, we start we, we got to stop looking at things from the spout, our husband and our wife's point of view. People respond better. And then it's a great habit to have. You point out the good things. You amplify the good things that your spouse does. And what will happen is they'll start giving you more of the good things. And hopefully they'll start 
not giving you the bad things. But we focus and we bitch and we whine and we complain to our spouse. They go, oh, my God, that's enough of that. I don't even want to talk to that fool. <laughs> right? Okay. Okay. Next. Um, let's see. So how does a good marriage turn to a boring, lackluster, and, media, and, and a marriage of mediocrity? This is almost as bad as a bad marriage, okay? It's, it's almost, this is, being a mediocre, lackluster, passionless marriage is almost as bad as being in a bad marriage. The reason why is because there's no fire, there's no passion for each other. There's no, you know, excitement to see each other. Your spouse walks in the room, oh, hey, how was your day? There's no, I mean, and then what do we do? Go back to the what the stuff we were doing. This is when you as a man, oh, I'm gonna go back to the men now. Because remember, as a man, you are the pursuer of your wife. Please get that in your head. I don't care how long you got married. Women have this expectation that he's gonna make me proud number one for the rest of my life. He's gonna court me for the rest of my life. He's gonna make me feel special. For the rest of my life. And if you don't do that, you're going to lose her. Okay? So try to understand that. So you as the husband are the chaser. So if you're chasing something, that means what? I want that woman, who's my wife, I want her to know that she feels that she's special. I want her to know that I'm pursuing her and that I care and I love her. And so when you when you stop having that fire and passion for your wife, you start to turn into a boring husband. You start to, 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 to turn into a lackluster, lukewarm husband. And you start to just be in a marriage of mediocrity. And it happens really slow, and we don't see it at first. And that's why I'm trying to give you the clue of knowing that. Think about it. When you show excitement about your wife, she shows excitement about you. When you serve your wife, she eventually will start to serve you. Okay? Um, this is why you hear me talk about intimacy outside the bedroom. You must prepare your wife for intimacy. So when you have that passion and fire about her, when you get into her, when she knows you care about her, and when she knows you have her best interest at heart, then she cares about you more. She wants to serve you more. She wants to love you more. And she lets you catch her. <laughs> okay. So, again, men forget they are the pursuers of their wife, and she expects that forever. Men begin to place many things and problems above their marriage. The marriage is no longer a priority over the kids, their job, and his pleasure. That's another thing. We've got to get out of this thing that every day is supposed to be this awesomely pleasure thing that I get all of these feeds of pleasure in my brain and in my body. That's, that's how we get off track. Um, this is, that's how we get off track that we start to, we start to seek pleasure becomes more important than, um, than doing the hard things it takes to make our marriage great and make our relationship with God great. Okay. And if you understand that, man, that is the starting to be the true mark of a man. That is, I want to make sure God's happy with me before I'm starting to go play golf. I'm going to make sure my wife is happy and my marriage is together before I run off trying to go on this business trip 
and my marriage is crap. And, and this is how you got to start to look at it's a mindset change, gentlemen. It's a mindset change. Because at first, you're going you're gonna to just think about yourself, and that's normal because we're broken. That's what happened after the, after the fall happened. But there has to come a time in our lives when we start to go, okay, that ain't working. What's God asking of me? Not just what's God asking of me. How can I make myself more, um, more desirable for my wife? And with women, it ain't about looks. Sure, women, you see the young girls and the older women, they talk about, oh, he's so cute. But dude, I didn't see many ugly dudes with beautiful women. <laughs> okay. And you know what they think is? You know what the difference between them and us is? They got game. They on top of their game. They, they, got, they know how to talk. They know how to talk to her. If you get a woman to talk, you got her. If you ain't got no game and you can't talk to them right, you ain't going to get them. And this is how it works, okay? So this is why I'm asking you to please understand we cannot put other things above our marriage and God when those two things are all screwed up. I have clients all the time that I have to beat that into their head, beat that into their head, beat that into their head. But when they get it, that's when things start clicking, baby. That's when things start clicking, okay? Um, so um, husband, he'll see the marriage as well. It is not broke and doesn't need fixing. Not realizing that marriage maintenance is the most important and not waiting until there's a problem to be fixed. Man, that isn't that great? Understand your marriage is not a problem to be fixed. It's not a car broke down. It's not I lost my job. It's not I got financial problems. It's, it, it, you know, it's not that we got the electricity turned off. That is not your marriage. Your wife is not a robot. She's a human person. It's the most difficult relationship in your life. And you've got to understand that and start to bring, start to cultivate that and do marriage maintenance. So what is marriage maintenance? Marriage maintenance is what I come up with. And I'm sure other people have come up with it too, not just me. But I realized that you keep, you, you, you keep, it's like your car. You don't, you don't let your car just go get totally crapped out because you don't take it to the mechanic or you don't get the oil changed or you don't get the trans the, uh, transmission fluid changed or you don't change any of the steering fluid or brake fluid. You don't change the brakes when the brakes go out. You know, of course you wouldn't do that to your car, but many millions and millions and millions of men do that to their, to their wife, to their marriage. Think about it. We all do it. Or at least we've done it. You know, well, I got to get the car fixed. My wife is all pissed off. I worry about the car. Because why? I need the car to get to work. Or my marriage is all messed up, and I'm trying to work 10, 15, 12, 16 hours a day. But my marriage is messed up. But it ain't that bad. And I got to go to work. And things, you know, I put that, we keep putting our marriage down lower and lower and lower because all these problems come up. Oh, my kids get in trouble at school. Well, I ain't going to worry about my marriage. My marriage seems to still be okay. You know, or... You know, anything bad happens, any problem in a man's life, that's just how we are. We the mo we go into the most critical problem and we fix that and solve that so we can go, well, next problem. But guess what? That's not how marriages work. If you keep putting your marriage down further and further and further over the years, you'll look up and then it will be an emergency because your wife's going to say, I want a divorce. And you're going to go, Why? 
Because you ain't going to get it. You ain't going to get it. I want divorce. We want divorce for. I don't know. You should know. <laughs> if you don't know, I expect me to know. What's she going to say? All right. So that's how it works. Okay. The next question um, is God, the son and the Holy spirit in the marriage is God, the son and the Holy spirit in the marriage without our Lord, the marriage eventually degrades. We think we create a good marriage, but that is far from the truth. The grace from God is needed to keep the marriage and family in order. Yes, we cooperate with God's grace. And so we help create the great marriage, but we are far from the cause. Look, fellas, you need the grace of God to keep your marriage in order, to keep your wife happy and fulfilled and, and looking to you. You need the same so for your kids so that your kids obey your wife, so that your kids obey you, so that your kids are thriving and your home's thriving emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually. Without God, eventually your marriage will do two, three things. First, it's going to be, it, it, it's, it's going to start degrading, right? And you're not going to see it. Second of all, or it's going to go to, um, it's going to turn to a bad marriage. Third of all, it's actually four things. Four, uh, th third of all, your, your marriage is going to turn boring, lackluster, and passionless. Or the fourth thing is you're going to lose your marriage. Okay? This is why you need God. People think, well, ain't nothing going bad in my life, so everything's cool. That's not how God works. The farther away you as a husband and as a wife move away from God, then the pain starts. When I say pain, what do I mean? I mean God allows the demon, the demonic into your marriage, into your home, into your kid's life, and all of that. People don't realize that Christ is in charge of all demonic activities. So why? Because if Christ was not in charge of it, which means what? He allowed, he tells the demon what you can and can't do to that individual person. Because if he didn't, if he left, think about it. It's logically, logically sound. I mean, just think about it. If God just said, hey, demonic, do whatever you want. Boom. Man, they kill us all, wouldn't they? They're bigger. They're stronger. They're faster. They're more intellectual. You know, they can fly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what demons, I guess they're, they're fallen angels, so they can. They can read us. So they would just cause, they would just make things worse. God only allows them to do enough to get us to do what? Re re realize that we're going too far away from God. And when we start to move further away from God, the further we move, the more pain he allows in our life. And some people are what? Hmm, Hard-headed and they don't listen, and they, they can't get it out of their heads, you know? And so what happens is the pain just keeps rising over the years and rising and rising and rising till eventually either you die or you learn, okay? That's how it works. I know it sounds crazy, but this is why, I mean, you, we all must get formed in the faith so we understand how this stuff works, and then we get clues from the Holy Spirit of what's going on and how to fix it. So uh, let's talk about, so Matt says, the single life is a vocation as long as, as long as it eventually points to marriage or the consecrated life. Amen, brother. That's it. See, Matt, he's, he, Matt's crazy. That's just, he, he's just super Catholic. <laughs> he's like, Jerry, 
You didn't word it right. So I'm going to tell you, this is how you word it, Jerry. <laughs> Amen, Matthew. Thank you. That was, you're exactly right. Thanks, brother. And then, um, who says, so then, uh, oh, Bianca, lovely Bianca. That's a beautiful name. Uh, Bianca says, can you discuss what men must do in the bedroom so their wives have multiple peaks? Oh, she's trying to get to, <laughs> oh God. Okay. So, all right. So Bianca, Let's see. Okay. See, can you discuss? Let me show it. So, can you discuss what men must do in the bedroom so that their wives have multiple peaks? So, first of all, the first thing you got to do. So, this goes into like we talked about for the last three episodes. So, what we must do, what a husband must do first is he must realize that he must prepare his wife to make love to her. Okay. So, what what do I mean by that? Because guys, many guys, they just know, remember, guys are fertile and we're very fertile and we never lose our fertility. We always can have ba- babies up until we die. You know, we can always father a child up until we die. So it's important that men understand that women aren't like that. The younger a woman is, the more she feels like a man as far as her one to make love. The older a woman gets, she starts to lose her hormones. And then her hormones takes away that fertility feeling, which means when you're not fertile, what does that mean? You don't want to make love because there's no drive. There's no libido, right? So knowing that, it's very important that men understand that they must prepare their wives outside the bedroom for making love inside the bedroom. So what does that mean? First of all, learn how to communicate with your wife. Don't talk to her like she's a robot, like she's your partner at work, stuff like that. You know, you got to you got to talk to your wife very loving and very caring because she's not your wife is your the mother of your children. She's the woman you said you're going to spend the rest of your life with. So what does that mean? You can't be talking to her any old kind of way. She is not a, a work partner. She's not that. And, and, and that's how I learned to talk to my wife. I, I realized that I just can't talk to her any old kind of way because it why it hurts her feelings. Because why we are bonded. Me and my wife are bonded. We're married before God. We have gotten our life. We have these kids together and we make love. So those three things cause a very strong bond to women. And when we raise our voice and get and talk to them bad and call them names and blame them for all this kind of crap, they get hurt. And once they get hurt, they start thinking one thing, man, that fool don't love me. And I'm starting to realize that. And so then once she starts thinking like that, then guess what? The arguing starts more. Her wanting to get away from you more. She'll want to have sex with you more. Okay. So that's the first thing. Learn how to love your wife outside the bedroom, how to protect her and make her feel secure and to make her feel that she can count on you. That's the first thing. And then you have great conversations. You go on date night. You have bonding conversations every night. You know, you always put her first. You listen to her without interrupting. Okay. You hold her hand. You hug her. You kiss her. You passionate about your wife. Believe it or not, that works. Believe Any woman will tell you, okay, this is not rocket science. You just got to pay a freaking attention, okay? That's the first thing. The, another, the next thing is, as a man, you got to get rid of premature ejaculation and erectile dysfunction. If you got premature ejaculation and erectile dysfunction, you cannot please your wife in the bedroom. You can't. You might give her one sexual peak, but as many women don't really even know that they need more Multiple, multiple sexual peaks so they can be fulfilled as a woman, so they can love their, understand their husband, love them more. 
um, and things like that. So if you try to tell your wife, I'm going to give you 10 orgasms or talk, talk about it, she's going to go, you're crazy. I don't need all that. But she don't know that. She don't know that. So as a man, first thing you got to do, the next thing you got to do is get premature ejaculation out your life and erectile dysfunction. Okay. Premature ejaculation means we talked about all last week. Premature ejaculation is when you as a husband, um, severe premature ejaculation is when you as a husband can't even last a minute or 30 seconds or two minutes or five minutes. And your wife takes her 20 minutes to even think about having an orgasm um, unless she's just so excited. You know, but how another thing too, the older your wife gets, she's not going to be excited like a young girl. That's another thing you guys got to realize. If you're 18 and married to a young, a, a young, a young little sweetheart, she's going to be a lot more exciting, a lot more um, uh, frisky and things like that. But as a woman gets older, what I'm saying really takes into play. Okay, that's why men love young girls because they they run around the bedroom, run around the house, and they all you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but really, just stop joking around. That's the truth, though. But I'm, you know, I'm just joking a little bit. Um, so, but as your woman gets older, she needs these things even more than what I'm saying. If you want to have lifelong, love-making, God-like intimacy with your wife, this is the first things you got to do. So, premature ejaculation, erectile dysfunction. You got to get that out of your out of your uh, out of your life. Okay. The third, so. When you do those things, the third concept is you got to make the uh, the make the, the sex session last for a long time. Why? Because I just told you, women have six phases of intimacy. Okay, the first phase is prayer. The second phase is best friend concept. The third phase. Oh, now you're testing me. Uh, you would think I would know this because <laughs> like, I came up with it. <laughs> But it goes to uh, intimacy outside the bedroom. Then it goes to her initial rise. Then her complete fulfillment or foreplay, her initial rise, and then her complete sexual and fulfillment as a woman uh, and, and, and like that. So as a man, you got to know these things. Because then when you get inside, the, a lot of guys think, well, I'm in the bedroom, so I'm ready. No, you ain't. You got to prepare yourself outside the bedroom just like your wife, which means what? You got to learn how to eat right. Because a lot of things you eat cause sensitivity for a premature ejaculator. And then once you get in the room, you can't keep control for more than a minute. Or if you're doing pornography or if you're doing masturbation, that can cause premature ejaculation too. Well, can cause? No, it will cause. So that's why women... Instinctively, no, you're screwing around on them when they watch. If you're watching pornography or you're masturbating, you get caught. Okay, because they know that you're messing around on them, and they know that that's not that you're being unfaithful. And then on top of that, you're going to be a crappy lover watching pornography and masturbating because you're going to develop a trigger in your brain that's going to do what? That's going to make you want to ejaculate. And your wife, again, some women it take might take them an hour to get their first sexual peak and you're ejaculating in one minute or two or five or 10 or 20. Think about what I'm saying. Okay. This is why the third thing is you got to get your, you got to prolong the sex session. So the, the, so the, the Holy lover definition of, of, uh, of premature ejaculation is you as a man make the sex session go as long as your wife needs to get all the sexual peaks that she needs. Now, this is why I talked about last week. You got to pay attention to your wife. You got to know her. 
I know guys that don't even know their wife has an, has an orgasm. How do you not know that? First of all, you got to start counting them. Because a woman can fake one. She might be able to fake two. But she ain't faking 10. She ain't faking 20. And then, you know, when those, you know when the sex session is over, when your wife is completely exhausted. She can't move. She's not moving. Um, she's falling asleep. A lot of guys think, well, my wife's falling asleep on me. Well, of course she is. You just gave her more sexual peace than she's ever had in her life. And she's exhausted. Man, men, we get exhausted on one orgasm. It's over for us. All people know that. Men and women know that. This is why you must prolong the session, which means what? You can't think about yourself as a man. You can only think about your God and your wife. Okay. But women, when they when they have a sexual peak, it's only one fiftieth of the power of a man's. Okay. So it's weird how God set this up. If you think about it, God has set up sex where it, it has to be, if you want to keep your wife happy, if you want to keep her fulfilled and you want to keep her loving you and understand that you love her, he has made it so you have to sacrifice yourself and give it to her. And if you don't, you're a bad lover. That's just plain and simple. And so that's how it works. Um, and so those things, that's those is I'm not I'm not gonna go any further because I already spent too much time on it. <laughs> but I hope hope you uh hope Bianca, I hope you understand that. How do men prolong the session? Uh I kind of covered that. I'm not gonna go any further because I went too far already. Uh what I would have you do is listen to episodes one, let's see, 165. 166 and 167 from last week. Um, they'll be on my website this week, or you can go to Catholic Alpha Radical Life uh, YouTube channel, and my, those episodes are right there. Just click the Laugh tab, and they're right there. Okay? Um, so, there you go. All right? Um, hope I didn't bore... Uh, <laughs> I hope you got in bore, bore you guys too much. Oh, Andy, Andy asked, what topic should a guy tackle for bonding? Ah, beautiful. That's a, that's a good question, too, just like Bianca's. So what you the first thing you do for bonding is you don't lose control on your wife. You don't. Um, I'm sorry. Let me take this off, um, Andy. Um, what you do is you don't you don't take you don't lose your control with your wife or your children. If you get upset with your children or you get upset with your wife, you excuse you with your wife. You, well, let's just talk about the kids are a different subject. And, and it's a I'm not going to talk about the kids, but I will talk about your wife because that's the most important anyway. So with your wife, you as a man, you must be approachable. You cannot ever, ever, ever lose control on your wife. You can't have a, a, a you can't yell at her. You can't really even raise your voice. Why? Because for the you've got to understand that it hurts her deeply, very deeply because of her bond to you. And you, man, guys, you got to understand that when it comes to your wife, she could be hurt very badly, even if you're just disappointed in her. This is the power you have as a husband. And when you have great power like that, you got to know how to use it. When your wife starts to fight back and argue back with you, she's defending herself. And she's starting to think that you don't that you don't care, and she's just trying to 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 get you guys to bond back together. Okay, so that's why you can be say 
Somebody has to be the adult. And you, that's the first thing. Um, the other thing to bond with your wife is you have to be approachable. Like your wife, if she can't tell you stuff, because every time she tells you stuff, you either get mad, you lose control, or even lesser, even lesser, you ignore her, you don't listen, um, you don't um you don't ask questions. Um, what else? You know, you know, you gotta be a pro or, or you just, you know, dismiss her. Like what she's saying don't mean nothing. Oh, that one really hurts her. You don't, you know? And so a habit that I've built every time, like even right now I'm, I'm in my office and I'm, I'm having a podcast. I, I love y'all, but as soon as my wife walks in here, I make eye contact. You know why? Because she's more important than y'all. I'm sorry she is. And that's how I roll. So if she pokes her head in here, it might just be to say bye or it might be something important or emergency. I don't know. The habit I've, I've built over the years with my wife and children is every time that I come, that I, they, they come to see me and they want to talk to me, they're number one. I don't, I don't care if I'm dealing with whoever. The reason why is that lets them know right off the bat that he, my father, my husband cares about me, about my opinion and what I need. Okay. Remember, people don't care about you until they know you care about them. All right. So that's that. Be approachable, gentlemen. The other thing is bonding date night. So every married couple on the planet should be going to date night every Friday or Saturday, every, every, every week. Never date night is very important. And why? Because it helps you to, and I'm not saying date night with the kids, neither. If you the husband, you need to get off your butt and find a babysitter or your mama or her mama or your da grand, your daddy, your sister, your brother, your friend, or, or pay the money and have somebody watch your kid. Most people in your family will, if you say, listen, every Friday night, me and my wife are going on date night. I just need two hours or three hours, a half hour to get there, a half hour to pick them up. So, and then two hours to be us to be alone. Mo you, and then you kind of alternate around. Most people understand that it's important for a marriage to survive. And so they will help you. If you can't get that to happen, then what you do is you hire a babysitter and, get, and come in your pocket. Sorry, that's what you got to do. Okay. Um, date night. Why? Because you guys need to understand that you, you need to get into you. Think about it. You only spend when if both of you are working, even if both of you aren't working, you know, if both of you are working, um, then then especially or even your mother, if the wife is a stay at home mother, it's the same thing. You don't see each other for eight, 10, 12, 16 hours a day sometimes. So if all you do as a husband and wife is come go, hey, how was your day? And do a little kiss. Well, let's eat. Okay, let's go to bed and do it the next day. Man, that's a boring marriage, ain't it? Of course it is. Of course it is. So every Friday or Saturday night, you go someplace that has atmosphere. You go bowling. You go to a nice restaurant. You go to a concert. You go to an amusement park. You go to the fair. Whatever it takes for you guys to have excitement for you guys to bond. Okay. Then the third, another good thing is the bonding conversation. So the bonding conversation means every night as a husband or a wife, when you guys come home, whoever's cooking, this is how I do it. My wife cooks in our house because she won't let me cook. So I don't even try to, that's her thing. So I just let her do it. But um, every night when my wife comes home, she starts cooking. 
I put my computer away. I get my I get away from my job and I go in there. I get me a drink. I, she gets a wine and we sit there for half hour, 45 minutes or an hour. And we sit there and we talk and we talk about our day and we talk about our future. And we talk about, you know, we involve each other in our lives like this will happen with me today. Well, and she'll tell me what happened with her today. And then guess what? That's a bonding mechanism. You need those three things to maintain an emotional connection with your wife, because if you don't do that, man, what will happen is, and also, Bianca, with your husband, if you don't do those things, you will lose each other. The emotional connection will lose, and that is way more important for a woman than it is for a man. Um, and, and, and Andy, I hope that helped you. Um, if you need more help, um, go to Catholic, uh, say, uh, save my save my Catholic marriage.com and sign up to talk to me. Okay, good. With that being said, we're going to take a break and we're going to be right back. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So, for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider... Marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. All right. All right. We are back. And uh, again, my technology has been acting up. I don't know how to fix it. So I might have to change and get me another technology person, uh, another uh, a live streaming app because... I don't know why it's doing that. It's just going, it's not doing the scenes properly. And I have to switch every scene. It's just weird. I know I'm just talking crazy, y'all, because I get mad. <laughs> I gotta have somebody to bitch to. And y'all here. So guess what? You gotta take it. <laughs> so that being said, um, we are going to end right there for today because it's almost the hour on the hour. And uh, I don't want to try to rush through stuff because the Second part, we'll just do a part two. And that's what happens. You know, callers call, people make comments. You got to answer them and because and, people won't help. Um, and I hope I helped you guys today. Um, but as always, man, listen, uh, all the questions that you guys are asking and people always ask me and I get this all the time. You got to look behind the bigger picture. So. The bigger picture like with Andy, let's say Bianca. So Bianca was talking about the sex thing and Andy's talking about the bonding thing. So as 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 a husband and a wife, what you got to do, and as a man especially, you got to look behind and say, okay, we don't want quick fixes. We don't want to put a Band-Aid on something. Sure, I'm going to answer your question because that's what I'm here for and I really want to help. 
but I but my job is also to get you to understand if I'm having bonding issues, like why am I having bonding issues, right? People try to go and go, you know, like disease. Oh, this is a perfect example. Just like disease. Okay, um, I have heart failure. Okay, okay, doctor, fix my heart failure. And just then we go on. But then nobody discusses, like, why did I have this disease? Like, why did my heart fail? What caused that, right? And so what usually causes diseases like cancer and diabetes and heart problems and all that stuff is people put the wrong things in their body. Well, what wrong things am I putting in my body? Um, what wrong thing? What wrong things am I putting in my body, right? And today, doctors lie. They don't do it on purpose, but they don't know. And then people tell you, you know, and so disease runs through the body because every blood vessel takes its toxicity and runs it through your organs. Your organs start to fail. And then once one organ fails, the next organ is going to fail. Don't believe the hype. That's how it works. That's how doctors make money. That's how pharmaceutical companies make money. And I'm not saying that's a bad or good thing. I'm just letting you know that we've got to ask ourselves, like in that situation, like why do I have heart disease and then how do I fix it? So with your marriage, it's the same thing. Like why am I having bonding problems, connection problems? Why won't my husband, why isn't my husband making love to me properly? Why won't he even ask me? Why won't we have a discussion about it? Like, these are things we should be asking. And the thing about women, what's especially important for women, is women, you have to guide your husband. If you go and try to tell your husband, well, Jerry said that you ain't prolonging the sex session long enough, and Jerry said, girl, you're going to lose him. <laughs> you're going to lose him, right? He's going to get mad, or he's going to get his feelings hurt. So this is why I advise all women do not try and tell your husband stuff. A lot of guys can take it. They're cool, but most can't. So what you do is, as a wife, you try to guide your husband. Like, hey, sweetheart, look at this video I found. Oh, it's so good. Because, um, you know, do what women do. Women never talk in exact, right? Women always talk in clues. They have that, that foggy language. So use that with your husband. Don't be as direct. Try to give him, try to give him clues as to what you need. And then, but then if you got, if he wants to, if he sits you down and wants to talk to you and he, or you want to sit him down, you know, he says, babe, is, is there a problem with the way I make love to you? Or how was our intimacy in bed or blah, blah, blah. Then you could then be, then you'd be truthful. You don't talk foggy language. Then, then you got to be direct and loving and caring, you know, same with your wife, gentlemen, which if your wife tells you something, you've got to be, you got to be really uh, approachable, right? That's how you do it. If you want her to open up to you. Most couples can't talk about sex because they're all uncomfortable about it. I don't know why. My wife's the same way, y'all. I don't know what's wrong with women. I guess it's got to do with the natural law some kind of way. I just ain't figured out why. I just know it is what it is. <laughs> so uh, with that being said, um, I hope you guys enjoyed what we talked about today. Um, so let me see. Uh, and so I hope that... Um, um, I hope that you guys, I'm, I'm sorry I'm reading the comments of Andy and uh, what he, he's sending me more stuff, but I want you guys to know that you are important. Men, you are important, but that responsibility, but that responsibility means that you have a lot of more power than you think. God has given you a lot of power 
you just have to know what it is and then learn the skills to prove it, to do it. So when I ask, when I say, always ask yourself, why is my wife mad at me? Why is my wife unhappy? Why is my wife depressed? Why is my, why is my wife um, angry all the time? You've got to ask yourself those questions and be honest with yourself. And then you don't wait until your wife asks for a divorce or asks you to leave. You nip that in the bud and you get help. You know, um, get help with somebody who you believe can help you in that in that uh, in that journey. Because, man, one of the worst films in the world is to come home and your wife and kids are gone and you don't even realize it. That happened to me. You know, you come home and everybody everybody's gone and you don't think of nothing at first, but it gets to be 11, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning and your family ain't there. You go, where is everybody at? Well, where they at is that they at their mama's house. They at the, she at her mama's house. <laughs> I would tell you, you heard that one, fellas. I'm at my mama's house. What you at your mama's house for? Because you made me mad and you don't love me. <laughs> so that being said, we are done for today. And um, I want you guys to uh, hang in, hang in there and hang in there. For, uh, come on up tomorrow and get part two of uh, the four major causes of a bad marriage. And let's work on this together. So with that being said, we are going to close as we always do with a quote from Pope Benedict XVI, which says, society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. Gentlemen, you were made for greatness. Go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is upon you. Fast. Pray and prepare for battle. Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Tuesday through Thursday. 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313 Radical. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang!